0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Let me tell you about Angelia Shear, has been investigating the UFO mystery for 35 plus years. She founded ParaShear Research, her private research group, and is also a current state director, chief field investigator, and star team lead for MUFON of Tennessee. Recently, Angelia was invited to join MUFON's Experiences Research Team, an international group that investigates high strange events surrounding the UFO phenomena. And over the years, she has interviewed thousands of witnesses and has been fortunate enough to be present during some major UFO, paranormal, and high strangeness events as well. We'll talk about that. She's also a certified master hypnotherapist and uses her training to aid experiencers in dealing with their UFO missing time encounters. Here she is on coast-to-coast coast with her book, UFO Encounters, How Strange Events Transform Human Perception. Angelia, welcome to the program.
0: Hey, George. I really appreciate you having me on tonight.
1: I'm looking forward to this. So if you've been doing this for 35 years, what are you, what are you about 37 now? You were two years old when you started? <laughs> That's
0: exactly right, <laughs> Maybe a little bit older. Than
1: Saw me. UFO when you were a baby, didn't you?
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Hey, tell me about some of these encounters you've had, personally.
0: George, you know, I've been really, really lucky. Um, you know, uh, I've had a team where uh, I'll start out with this one. You know, I used to wonder, um, even though I've been into UFOs my whole life, you know, you get some of these reports in where people say they had these close encounters, and they didn't get a picture. So I'll share one of my humbling experiences. It's probably been about two and a half years ago. I had a young man send me a video, incredible video, George. I couldn't debunk it. Um, It shows a classic UFO. Uh, You hear a dog barking and you hear the witness go, now that's not normal. So uh, we put a team together. We drove over. It was um, over towards East Tennessee and um, set up all of our equipment. Probably had a couple of thousand dollars worth of equipment at our feet and George, sure enough, around 1030, 1040, um, this triangular craft comes over. And when I tell you it stopped over our head, just like oh, knew we were there. It was probably, I don't know, a couple of thousand feet. I had a pilot with me on my team, military pilot, had his own plane. And we all just stood there with our mouth open, looking at this craft hovering over our head. Um, it was so close, we could see ambient white light. Around the edges of the craft. That's how close it was. It had to have some kind of anti grav generators because the thing just hovered. And then, after a couple of minutes, um, it just tootled on its way. And, George, do you think one of us took a picture? <laughs> um, you know, we stood there we were supposed to be the professionals to this day um don uh one of my co-investigators that was a pilot was with me i mean for a month he would call me every day and go why didn't we get a picture oh my and gosh it, and of course that goes into a million other stories you know where we you know people either forget the sighting they don't talk about it or They don't get a picture.
1: They're so excited about it that they do forget their camera or their smartphone.
0: Or they forget it's just sitting there. That's for sure. sure.
1: What is your take on what's going on uh, in Washington with the Pentagon, with the disclosure projects, with all these things? Something's happening, Angelina.
0: Well, George, you know, all of us true boots-on-the-ground investigators. I mean, you know, people such as myself and all my co-researchers, you know, we're the ones that have been sitting out in the cold for, you know, almost 40 years, you know, sitting with people that have been terrified, you know, seeing these things. And, you know, all of us are kind of smiling now because we've been saying all these years, you know, we told you so. You know, George, I haven't interviewed as many people as you have, but probably I'm upwards to about 3,000. And when... So many good people, you know, come forward and they have nowhere else to go over the years, um, you know something's going on. Right. And in so many radio shows and lectures here lately, you know, I, I said, I'm a happy girl. You know, the attitude of the public is completely different. You know, 98% of the people I talk to, you know, are really open. They want to know about this, you know, they're they're educated. They know how big the universe is and they think, how could we be alone? So I'm excited uh, during this this time. I feel like we're in the midst of soft disclosure. I'm going to just put it that way. I've never seen anything like this before. When you actually have the government coming forward, you know, saying, hey, we've, you know, been looking at this all along. And I remember a few years ago on Tucker Carlson when, you know, they actually had the pilot come on. That that was unheard of for a military pilot to admit anything, (laughs)
1: much less... And and for a mainstream cable network to even acknowledge
0: it. Exactly, George, exactly. So, you know, we're all thrilled. I think, you know, we truly are in the midst of some kind of soft disclosure I know um, I did a lecture not too long ago where even NASA a couple of years ago uh, announced, you know, there's all these exoplanets they've discovered and then they, you know, they just mentioned quietly, "Oh yeah," and there's one of them that's just a lot like Earth. and that's all they said. Subtle, but you know, pretty much the implications of that, you know, full of life out there. So I'm I'm really excited over the disclosures. All of us old boots on the ground people are 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 happy, and for once, George, we kind of get to say, "We told you so."
1: <laughs> well, you know, we're we're blessed because our my weekend uh, co-host uh, and host George Knapp is by far the best investigative reporter for UFOs in the country. Nobody gets close to him, and uh, he's seen all this unfold after years and years and years of doing interviews, scoffed at, laughed at, and everything else, but it's starting to make sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I love George's work, especially I, that's one of my favorite books, A Hunt for the Skinwalker. I, I remember reading that book and I couldn't put it down, but it you know, it really resonates to all of us, you know, old hunters out here. I mean, um, even in my research, you know, you find early on if you're a true researcher as far as in the field, you know, we'll we can get off into the high strange though. So, you know, I was raised um by a college teacher, and you know, I was lucky because I was encouraged, and you know, he was pretty hard on me studying the sciences and you know, the scientific method, that kind of thing. And I remember when I was a young researcher, um, you know, I really tried to keep my research pure, George, if you know what I mean. Sure. None of this funny stuff. But the problem is, in 98% of my ongoing cases, The paranormal components were always there. And, you know, I want to define for the audience my definition of paranormal. It's not necessarily a ghost. It's just anything our science, you know, doesn't understand today. And um, over the years, you know, um, we had to include that. I said, you know, it's bad science to leave out those components in our research. So um, as time went by and years went by, just as George, you know, found in all his research, um, I bet 98% of my ongoing cases, that means individuals that are having, you know, um, ongoing phenomena, the paranormal components are always there.
1: Angelia, what does your gut tell you what's been happening? Are these coming from within the planet? Are they coming from other planetary systems, other universes? What do you think happening?
0: Well, that's a really complex question. That's what my book goes into. Um, you know, I think in our reality here in our local you know galaxy here of course there's other life forms but you know i had someone asked me that question not too long ago what do you think's going on and i said well if you take um interdimensionals extra dimensionals <laughs> Uh, terrestrials um, and you stir in, you know, spiritual components, you might have a small clue as to what's going on because I don't think it's either or. I think it's probably a very complex phenomena and a little bit of everything. I kind of compare it to, you know, here just on earth, you know, I think about all of the cultures, all the races, all, you know, the political agendas, cultural agendas, you know, if you, if you just extrapolate that into probably an unlimited universe, you, you might open up your scope of view enough to kind of start to understand what could be happening here.
1: I've been a believer since my mother brought me home a book back in the 60s. Walter Sullivan, former New York Times science writer, he's probably passed on by now, uh, called We Are Not Alone. And it was about his theory that we're not alone in the universe. And then shortly thereafter, Look Magazine did the uh, Interrupted Journey about Barney and Betty uh, Hill. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all of that just pulled me in as a kid. And I would read books by Frank Edwards and people like that. And, uh, you know, I came away at a young age convinced this universe is too vast for us to be alone. We're just not alone.
0: Well, absolutely. You know, you, you'll you probably laugh when I was a child. I was probably five or six years old. I'm going to date myself, and I love to watch the original Star Trek. And, you know, some of us are just obsessed with this from the time we're young, and my mother would tell me she'd come downstairs and find me crying, and she'd go, Ange, why are you crying? And I'd say, I'm supposed to be there. I'm supposed to be on that And so from the time I was young, I just, you know, I was just a different kid. I was, as you said, I was obsessed with this phenomenon. I knew it was true. And from the time, uh, I probably read three books a week for, I don't know, years and years and years on, you know, everything I could get my hands on. And then probably when I was about 18, 19 years old, I really started my field work, you know, talking to people. And it's just been the best education and, you know, People, a lot of my witnesses take a n. You're just, you know, tireless. You don't charge anybody anything. You just go after it. And I say, well, I do have one selfish component. Is George, I really get to meet some of the coolest people around the world. Well, you do.
1: And From really, all walks of life, too.
0: All walks of life. I sure do.
1: I love meeting the astronauts who are believers. I uh, did not meet Gordon Cooper, of course, but I did meet Edgar Mitchell stayed friends with him, God rest his soul, and uh, he was Apollo 14, walked on the moon, and he was a staunch believer that we are being visited. And when an astronaut who's been on the moon tells you that, you got to believe him. You know what?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. I met Edgar Mitchell years ago in Memphis, and do you know what we talked about, George? I was, um, in my book, I mentioned that, how I tied a lot of my research together in later years, I was a participant at the Monroe Institute for over thirteen years, and Edgar Mitchell had gone to the Monroe Institute, and so we talked about a lot of aspects of consciousness that's what my book ties into um so it was great to meet him and talk to him. I'll never forget that and you know I was like he was one of my heroes, as they say, you know, from a kid, you know as I wanted to be on Star Trek. So yeah, and you know, every day I go, you know, I speak to people, as you said, in every walk of life. That you know, Georgian, you know this. Most people have an experience of some kind or another. I always, you know, laugh that most people that are skeptics are just a person that hadn't had an experience yet.
1: So exactly, and the Monroe Institute, of course, named after the late Robert Monroe, who could out of body any time he wanted. He was absolutely incredible, Angelia.
0: He was, and I I can't say enough. There's, you know, in the chapters of my book, we'll tie that in. Um, You know, as I was researching my witnesses over the years, and we had all these high, strange components come in and paranormal components. I'm a longtime meditator, and I found his books years ago, George, and read them all and was fascinated with them and decided to go off to the Monroe Institute. And it's, those were two different trajectories in my life. I had not tied those together. But after studying there um, for so many years, so many of the experiences that participants from all over the world were experiencing were very similar to what my witnesses uh, we're experiencing, and you know you have that epiphany, that aha moment where I realized, oh my God, there's a huge connection here, and Georgia a connection that really brought open a lot of answers. you know people are always searching there, you know what is this paranormal component, how does it you know bring everything together, and I'm convinced you know after so much research with real, real witnesses that the the least studied aspect of the UFO high strange phenomena is the witness and the human being themselves.
1: We're going to talk about some of your uh, high strangeness cases uh, in just a moment, uh, Angelia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are uh, fascinating indeed. But tell us about your research group, Perisher.
0: Well, Pearsure, you know, George, with MUFON, I was um, asked to come on some years ago, and I'm the state director, and, you know, MUFON, we, strict, we stick strictly with the UFO phenomena. But years ago, um, you know, George, I'm pretty uh, <laughs> bullheaded, you know. I want to <laughs> study what I want to study. And so when I created Parachure Research, that's why I did that. Uh, if I want to go out uh, with a group of, you know, Bigfoot hunters, cryptids, um, UFOs, any kind of paranormal event, because they do all tie together. That's why I created Parachure Research, because it could handle uh, any type of research that I'm obsessed or fascinated with at the moment. So I handle all different types of sightings and encounters with Parachure.
1: Have you ever been scared doing any of your investigations?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, one of the cases— I love this this story, uh, probably about, let's see here, I lose track of time, probably almost three years ago, and had another young man sent me a video, people can see it on my Facebook page on Perisher Research, I believe it's a video called Transforming Lights, and George, it was really incredible. This little family, um, they had had these, these really strange lights in their woods, they lived in a rural area. And he bought a real ex- inexpensive game camera, put it out on the tree, and he captured this video. And, I, I, again, I put it through everything I had, um, couldn't debunk it in any way. And, it, and the video shows this rod of light. And you watch it carefully. It comes down. And when it touches the ground, George, it turns into this small entity. I mean, you can clear, it's clear as day. It's not manipulated. And the entity walks across the ground, walks around, then it walks behind the tree and a few seconds later, George, an orb of light, bright. I mean, it's you can't miss it. And I was so taken with this video. I put the team together, and, you know, people don't realize what that entails. You know, it's a day of charging and packing, you know, and we have pickup trucks and four-wheelers and FLIR cameras and everything else. So we got the team together. Everyone has to take a day off from work. And we drove over to this spot, and um, it was interesting. It's mentioned in my book. People can read about it. But there were two actual spots in this location where events happened. I call it location one and two. Uh, location two was near a bridge, an estuary. The first thing that happened, we went over. That it was a great day, 70 degrees, um, you know, fair weather, no wind, no storms, no weather events. And we have a drone, which I love, high-res cameras, you know, auto-stabilizes in the wind, that kind of thing. And um, In this waterway, they had seen all these um, anomalous lights, so we sent the drone out down over this waterway, and um, immediately we started getting errors. We could visually see the drone, but we were getting auto-collision, auto-collision. Well, George, there was nothing there. And then the thing, I had never seen the error on the drone. It said electromagnetic interference. We had never even seen that error come back. And it was just to the skill of my drone master, Josh Cross, who's my assistant state director, he was able to retrieve it or we would have lost some you know, good equipment. But we had all kinds of uh, compass um, irregularities around their magnetic field anomalies. And back in the 50s, I write about this, a uh, military craft actually crashed in that area. They were actually lost, it, it seems. Jeez. But anyway, to get back to the main story, we were there in the afternoon, um, and as it uh, darkness approached, we went back to the primary location where the video that I told you about was captured. So, you know, we set up all of our cameras, and I love my FLIR camera, George, I just love it. I'm a strange
1: <laughs> woman.
0: I, my, my husband, he gives me, um, you know, new pieces of equipment for Christmas and birthdays, and I'm thrilled. So.
1: You don't want a purse. You want equipment, I, no, right? No, I
0: want equipment, you know. So um, we set up the floor cameras in the same general area where um, the uh, game camera was mounted. And i tell you what, George, it wasn't – I've been blessed in my research. It wasn't a half hour that an entity showed up on the floor camera. It was out of the visual spectrum. We could not see it with our eyes. And, George, the thing was signaling to us. It was clearly – I have a picture of it. It's up on one of my sites. I said, I'll be buried with that picture. It's one of the best ones. It's clear. You can see the head, the arms, the face. And the thing was – you know, like waving at us, signaling. I never forget Josh. Um, I was thrilled, of course, but you know, I'm hardened. I've been on these things for a long time. I'll never forget the look on his face. It was one of his first investigations, and he wasn't frightened. But we were all pretty startled. I mean, you know, when when that kind of event happens, it's so rare. It's what you wait for for years. Yeah,
1: and, years and it just hits you, bang.
0: That you know, here's this, it's, it was a sentient entity, whatever it was, and we, we didn't feel threatened. You know, we've all been out in the field for years and years, so you trust your gut about things. You know, I tell people you need to know the difference between a rattlesnake and a puppy dog. But once you kind of get a sense of that, um, you know, we're standing there. Josh looks at me and he goes,